Jesus came. He came back to Nazareth. You would think that all these miracles and wonders they've been hearing about, coming here, they would say, Jesus, can you touch me? Jesus, can you speak to me? Jesus, can you do this, do that? But they what? They rejected him because of unbelief. That's why we have to be so careful in not rejecting Jesus. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, it's good to have you along with us today for our continuing focus on God's amazing mercy and goodness. As Raul explores how the people of Jesus' hometown rejected his miraculous power, you'll get a challenge to avoid their mistake and honor your Savior with faith. Raul will show us today that trusting God is a daily choice that we can make with full assurance of his love. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins today's message, The Power of Healing. If you have your Bible, join us in Mark chapter 6. This morning, you're going to see something that is really heartbreaking. That Jesus comes back home and is rejected. Unbelief where he lives. Even though he grew up for 30 years, 30-some years he grew up in Nazareth, and now they're rejecting him once again. So let's begin by reading the text. Let's begin in chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, the place of worship. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter's son of Mary? Usually they would say the son of the father. It was an insult to bring up the mother. But here they use the name of the mother. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Because probably Joseph was dead by this point. Brother, stepbrother, James, Hosea, Judas, and Simon. That's not Judas Iscariot. That's another Simon. And so they were offended at him. You notice he had sisters too, have sisters, but they're never mentioned by name in the scripture. And it goes on, he says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Remember that. He says, Among his own relatives in his own house. Notice what he says. Now he could not do no mighty works there. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And then he marveled because of their unbelief. That's the key. Unbelief. Then he went out of the villages in a circuit teaching. So we see him now coming back home. He's been around the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, all these places. Gennesaret, Tiberias. And as he comes back home, he can believe that people reject him at home. He now comes to Capernaum with his disciples, and this is now his headquarters, remember. This is where he set up his headquarters. And then he goes right into the synagogue, the place of worship during the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day is not for the church. 
If you go back to the book of Exodus, you will see that the actual Sabbath day to the present time was given only to the Jew, not to the church. The church worships on Sunday. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 16, you'll see in a moment. It's the place where Paul the Apostle on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, made the collection for the church. So for us, you say, well, I work on Sundays. Well, then Monday's your Shabbat. But to me, Monday through Sunday is the Lord's Day. doesn't really matter what day I worship. Because I am under the grace of God. The grace of God given to me. In the Hebrew, the Shabbat is the word rest. It applies to the days of rest in the great feast days, but chiefly on the seventh day rest. Exodus 31, 15 says, Work shall be done for six days, but on the seventh is the Sabbath, or the Shabbat of rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Can you believe that? To death, they would kill him. You see, God gave us, in six days he made the worlds, remember, he made the heavens and the earth. And then on the seventh day he rested. God expects us for one day at least to rest our bodies and our minds. But also to give him that day in resting in him. Which is so awesome the way the scriptures are given to us. Paul the Apostle in the book of Corinthians, he says this, 1 Corinthians 61. Now concerning the collection for the saints... Now, you got to understand, Paul the Apostle never took any offerings. And that's why we feel Calvary Chapel. We don't ask, we give to the Lord. We receive, we don't give, we don't take. Paul the Apostle made a collection for the people in Jerusalem because they were struggling. So he went around and made collections that people would give so that Paul could help the church. He goes on to say, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches, plural, of Galatia. So you must do also on the first day of the week. Let each one of you lay something aside, store it up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Isn't that cool? If people give sacrificially, you don't have to take any offerings anymore. Remember back in the days of Moses? They, as they were moving through, they were going to build the tabernacle. And the people began to give for the tabernacle. And Moses came to a perfect time and said, You guys, stop giving. We got too much. When do you hear that in churches? He said, Stop your giving. I would pray that every church would say that. Because people would give sacrificially to the Lord. That's important. One day we're going to be judged for what we give to the Lord. I give because God has told me to give to him. It's a sacrifice that I give to you. It's not 10 or 20 or 30%. It's out of your heart. What do you want to give to God sacrificially? Something that is going to cost you. If you have, it's not going to cost you anything. But something that does cost you, it's awesome when you give it to the Lord and he honors that. So here he says again. And so we believe here, it's a problem again with unbelief. They didn't believe. And then the question in the word of God, they're questioning God's power. Resisting the Holy Spirit, discounting the evidence, opposing the gospel, and rejecting Jesus Christ in what the gospel says to the people. They were stunned. Notice by all that he did in their presence. They were blown away. They could not believe that here is a little boy born in Nazareth, and now what is he doing? He's doing miracles and wonders and raising the dead? And that's Jesus of Nazareth? 
and yet they just believe. They could not believe it. That even though he has power to heal miracles and his teachings, nothing has really changed in the church today. Think about it. People still don't believe. I thank God for you guys coming here on Wednesdays and Sundays and whatever other night you come on. Because you're showing that you really want to know God intimately. You're not just doing it to be in church, but you come here to learn the word of God and you'll be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit that every time I come into the house of the Lord, I don't leave the same person when I came here. The word of God changes me, transforms my life. And this is the key to Jesus and his power and his healings and his miracles. They were concerned about their own personal testimony. And they were what the problem was unbelief. Let's look at the first point. Rejected by your hometown. Verse 1. Then went out from there and he came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. These guys are always following behind. That's a true disciple. The word disciple means to be a learner. So they always were learning. Always learning. And then when they learn, they become apostles. First you're a learner. And then you get kicked out. You become an apostle. You're sent out. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the residents of Nazareth. They knew that Jesus was a local carpenter. A local carpenter. Joseph, his father, was a carpenter. We don't know if he was making furniture. Or whatever else a carpenter may do. But we know that Joseph was a carpenter. And Jesus grew up as a carpenter in that home. And yet he had grown up and lived in a little town, just a little town that had not a lot of population. And then Joseph and Mary had moved from Nazareth. Remember, after the return to Egypt, they went to Egypt because of Herod. And then they came back, Mary and Joseph, and they went to Nazareth and they settled in Nazareth. That's where he grew up. And then the trip to Nazareth recorded this passage was second recorded visit to his hometown since the start of his public ministry. And this happened shortly right after the temptation in the wilderness in the other gospel, when he goes back and preaches in Nazareth. Notice secondly, verse 2 to 4, the teaching in the synagogue, that's a no-no for him, because they already hate him. He goes on, verse 2, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Notice, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? We see here the despise of their violent response against Jesus during the previous visit on the Sabbath day. They invite him now. The last time he comes, you know, they don't want him there. They reject him. And now they're inviting him to come and preach on the Sabbath day. So he was teaching with authority now. Not like the rabbis of that day. They were always, always looking for something that was wrong. He was a son of God. But these rabbis were proud. They were, I mean, full of pride. They had a great education. And yet they didn't believe in God. And then you cannot deny the wisdom the wisdom of Jesus, the works of Jesus, how can you forfeit that? How can you disqualify those things that he was doing and saying and the miracles and the wonders that we see as Jesus begins to do there in front of these Jews?
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to helping you enjoy true communion with God as you walk with Him in faith. We encourage you to visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. For convenient access to even more Bible-based resources, download our free app. Now back to more of Rawls' message. Jesus' teaching was mind-blowing. That's what I put here, mind-blowing. It blew everybody's mind. They couldn't believe what they were listening to. And you got to remember that pastor teachers, whoever it is, they're instruments just like you. We're instruments of the Lord. We don't get the credit. He gets the credit and the glory. When people start giving you the credit, you better look at your life, especially if you receive the credit, because it's the Lord that does all that work. The word wisdom here and works, the miracles of Jesus, they were proving that he was a son of God. Now, the great question, verse 3, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Hoseas, Judas, and Simon? Are not this his sisters here also? Now, these are half-sisters, remember, half-brothers. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own house or country. Among his own relatives... And notice, and his own house. So only here Jesus is called the son of Mary in the whole Bible. The son of Mary, just here. This is the only instance here. Their unbelief was not to believe what Jesus was saying. Unbelief is a very powerful force. Devastating the mortification first in the life of Jesus, not believing that he's the son of God. And yet they were watching the miracles and the wonders. How can you have unbelief after you watch these miracles and wonders in your life? I mean, when I came to Christ, all that unbelief was blown away. You can't help to see someone whose life has been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Especially when you knew them from the past to the present. That's why people get blown away by you. They see your life. And that's why you have to be careful how you live your life. Because your life in Christ Jesus will touch a lot of people. But if you say your life is in Christ Jesus, you don't live according to Christ Jesus, then you're going to push people away from Christ instead of drawing people to Christ. And Jesus drew people to himself because he was the son of God. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Remember that in the Old Testament, in the Garden of Eden, Remember when Eve was tempted by Satan, there was unbelief in her heart? And then how about in the days of Noah? The people refused to believe that a flood was coming. And what happened to unbelief? The flood came after 120 years and killed all people except for eight people in the world. Only eight people. And eight is the number of new beginnings in numerology. The number of new beginnings. God did a whole new generation. A whole new world. And then the ten spies in the Old Testament. Remember, the Lord sent them to spy out the land, the promised land, 12 of them. And they went, Caleb and Joshua went, and they came back, and they said, man, the promised land, man, there's giants there, there's all these things there. Man, we better not go in. And then Joshua and Caleb said, hey, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And because of their unbelief, the ten, they were wiped out. But Joshua Caleb were the ones that entered into the promised land. With all those sons and daughters of parents that came out of Egypt and died 40 years in the wilderness, and they died in the wilderness, only their sons 
And their daughters and their children were able to go into the promised land with Joshua. So awesome to see faith and unbelief. So we have to be very careful of our hearts about having unbelief in our hearts. Do we really, really believe what God is doing? Can we see it with our own eyes? And when I think of the faith that God gives to me, it's not positive faith. Just confess it. You want a Porsche? Conf- I've been trying for years. It doesn't work. <laughs> Just confess it. If it's sad. Because faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Isn't that cool? Invisible. God's word, God's hand doing everything according to his will. Even though they saw the miracles, they refused to believe in him. Look how many people today, you have the word of God, you have the miracles and the wonders, and they still won't believe. They'd rather believe in something dumb than believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they don't understand that when you die, you're done. Heaven or hell. And when you go to heaven, Cuba, when you go to hell, there's another place after hell. That's the lake of fire. When the lake of fire receives hell, the Antichrist, demons, and every person that has been in hell all their lives after dying, five senses, and they get thrown in the lake of fire with death and hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, never to see light ever again. That's why it's important for us to share the gospel with our loved ones and our friends. Jesus came. He came back to Nazareth. You would think that all these miracles and wonders they've been hearing about, coming here, they would say, Jesus, can you touch me? Jesus, can you speak to me? Jesus, can you do this, do that? But they what? They rejected him because of unbelief. And then Mark writes again that they're full of evil. Verse 5 and 6, the third point, limited power. And now he could do no mighty work, so limited power there, except that he laid His hands, notice, on a few sick people and healed them. Notice in the others, it says many. Here it says very few. In response to the people's unbelief, Jesus chose not to do miracles in Nazareth with an exception of few being healed. Very few being healed. He wanted to lead the people to a saving faith. That's the key. To a saving faith in Christ. Those in Nazareth already had rejected him, so they didn't want salvation. To remove any false conclusions here that Jesus' ability to do miracles and wonders was depending on what? On faith that people would put on Jesus Christ. You and I didn't come because of emotionalism. When we came to Christ, if somebody shared with you or something happened in your life, like for me, people had shared with me, sharing parents and grandparents, and I kept going like this to them. Then one day, God knows exactly, boom, man. By faith, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's never been the same since then. And that's what happens when you receive Christ. He really touches your heart. He transforms your heart. He gives you a new heart, a new mind, a new walk with Him. And that's those things that we need to remember as Christians, that frequently... He heals people. But the greatest thing that he wants is our faith in him. 
We have to be thankful for the things God does in our lives. Very thankful. The crippled man by the pool of Bethsaida, John 5, 13 says, he says, take up your bed and walk. Jesus went down. He asked him as he was laying there, wanting to be healed, but he had nobody to be touched. But one of them was healed, did not know it was him. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude of being in that place. So he touched and healed him, and then he walked away. So we see that Jesus healed multitudes of people, multitudes, even though many did not believe. We clearly see that Jesus' power was not all diminished by unbelief. But we do know this, that he was a Nazarite, rejected, rejected by his own people and by his own family. We see that Jesus also was merciful, full of grace, kindness, loving with people. And what people forget what happened here in Nazareth, they rejected the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not increasing in faith, but decreasing in their faith. He would be waiting to see if they truly would repent or not. And I wonder this morning with each one of us individually, if we truly believe that Jesus is able to do that. Because he says in verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief, they went about villages, notice, in a circuit, teaching. So he, he describes, notice, the human reaction. They were amazed, amazed to what he was doing. And then not only amazement, they came to that place in amazement. The next step was refusing him and not believing him, but having unbelief. If you've been struggling in your trust of the Lord's hand on your life, we hope you'll take today's lesson to heart and confidently surrender to his perfect will. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's message again, you can get an unedited copy by calling 800-634-9165 and sending a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, simply ask for the teaching titled, The Power of Healing. To further encourage you in honoring God with greater faith, we'd like to tell you about a resource from Rawl titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that will point you to key scripture passages that detail how the Lord can work mightily in your life. You'll see that when you come to Him in hope and belief, God will shower you with His blessings of forgiveness, healing, protection, and provision. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for a gift of just $5 plus shipping and handling. That number again is 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We consider you a part of the Somebody Loves You Radio family. Every day as we come to you through these broadcasts, it's our hope that God is teaching you and bringing you closer to the Lord Jesus. Why not take a moment and let us hear from you? You can call, write, or perhaps the easiest way is by using the contact link at somebodylovesyou.com. Giving us your feedback helps us know how to better minister to you on these programs. You'll also want to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with scripture-based guidance for your daily life. 
Well, thank you for blessing us with your partnership. We are thankful for your tax-deductible gifts that help us spread the truth of God's Word. Join us next time as we continue this series, Meditating on the Lord's Matchless Love. Exploring a miracle Jesus performed for one of His disciples, you'll see that you can go directly to God with all of your needs, trusting in His merciful, powerful provision. Here's Raul with a final comment. Unbelief is such a shocking sin. The only sin that God will not forgive. Remember what he said in Matthew chapter 12, 30, 31? All manner of sin is forgiven unto men except the sin against the Holy Spirit of God. And that's not to believe. To reject, to reject, to reject. Until there's a line when you reject it so many times that you cross that line that not even Jesus himself can bring you back to the other side. That's it. You've committed the unpardonable sin. That's why we have to be so careful in not rejecting Jesus. Salvation is the free gift of God that he wanted to give to these people in Nazareth, but they rejected it. In Matthew chapter 13, 15, he says, For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn or repent, so that I should heal them. The Lord wanted to heal, but they didn't have the faith to come to him. They wanted to see all these great things and to take credit for them, but Jesus deserved the glory and the honor, and they would not give him the glory and the honor. May God help us to give him all the glory and the honor, fully and completely. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.